Are you thinking about moving to Portugal? I almost said Portland because our last one was Portland, Oregon, and this is Portugal. So, or if you're thinking about moving to Portugal or just want to know what it's like, you're going to vacation there or something, this is the episode for you. You see beside me here, and I've learned the right way to, to point after about 50 thousand episodes because it's the opposite way. We've got Tony Barbosa, realtor in Portugal. He's live there and he's going to show you around a little bit his surroundings because it's pretty nice and he's got some peaches right behind him that'll show you. But before that, this is Wanna Move There, the show giving central Pennsylvanians the info they need to decide whether they want to move somewhere else out of the area. I am your host, Derek Bixler, realtor of 15 years. I grew up on the hill in Harrisburg, went to Mechanicsburg High School and went up to Penn College in Williamsport uh, where there was the little league world series recently uh and tony you might uh juan i think his his son or nephew somebody was in that um so that was kind of exciting i we always hated it up there because it just messed up our move it was always the same week as move-in week to college so it always just messed up the only uh highway into pentex so anyway uh and i've been back here ever since selling homes for 15 years now so if you need to buy or sell a home free please reach out to me you can call me text me email me throw a rock through my window send a carrier pigeon whatever you need to do we still need inventory like crazy. It's died down slightly, and we're going to learn a little bit about what it's like in Portugal right now. Um, but it's died down a little bit, so if you're a buyer, you can get back out there and start looking again. A reminder that all the replays do live on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and on iTunes and Spotify. I uploaded the episode to, uh, to Spotify yesterday, so these will be on iTunes and all those things, assuming it works because it's a pain in the butt setting up all the RSS feeds. Um, all the people that have watched my previous shows I got behind on my last show of, like I said, Tony, uh, 100 or 200 episodes, and then it became too cumbersome to upload and copy and paste all the descriptions and everything on there. So we didn't get it on iTunes and Spotify, but this show from episode one is on there. So uh, everybody can listen to that in the audio version. And now I will shut up. Thank you for being with us, Tony, uh, straight from Portugal. Uh, how's it going over there? Well, happy hour to everyone. It's five o'clock here, so... I'm having my Alvarinho wine, everything. It's a nice, beautiful, sunny day. And just um, one of those peaceful places that you'd get business done, but then you also have quality of life that just to, you know, to balance everything. So that's what Portugal is about. And that's what it's for me. Yeah, I love all your socials and your, your profile pictures and everything are usually lifestyle stuff and always beautiful food, food and beautiful wine and beautiful scenery. So we're all looking forward to learning more about that. And I know a lot of people might not be moving over there, although we might want to. Um, and you can tell us about when we get into it, the affordability. But we all would definitely like to, uh, to vacation there. Um, but before we get into all that, let's learn a little bit more about you. You didn't grow up in Portugal, right? No, uh, Derek. I was born in Angola, and um, we went to the United States, my mom and dad and my sister. And so I grew up in the U.S., <clears throat> in New Jersey. And uh, I went to, I grew up in Newark, where all the Portuguese live. And, um, the Went to Eastside High School, went to Oliver Street uh, Grade School, Eastside High School, Seton Hall University. So I'm a Pirate alumni. And um, it's uh, that's where I grew up, and then even on the East Coast, between New York, uh, between Pennsylvania, um, it's uh, one of those uh, places that I know very, very well. Nice. And in uh, New York, Newark is close to New York for those that might not be out there. So, did you spend a lot of time in New York City as well? Yeah, my first um, first jobs, real well, even though I was working like part time, but it was like full time. Um, it um, 
uh, that's where I grew up, even, you know, throughout the Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, uh, Staten Island, Long Island, all the boroughs. It was uh, one of the places that, that I grew up with and I know very well. That's why even sometimes when I speak to other realtors there and I, or even like even in South Jersey in the Point Pleasant Beach and everyone's surprised like how do you know these places and because you know i grew up there <laughs> you know so you kind of there you throw them off like hey what's a country boy doing you know in, in portugal know about what what it is third avenue in the bronx or southern boulevard or or etc so working and, and and live my last residence was in, in new york uh, um, um, near union square park broadway and uh, 16th street so uh, i know it very well and it sounds like you're you're into culture and your whole family is kind of into culture and food and all that kind of stuff. And I'm guessing that the the food and the culture is not the same in Newark as it would be in New York City. So you probably had to go to New York City to to get some of that stuff or or how was it or so long around. ago that New York was the kind of the crappy around. New York? No, the other way around. Newark was more traditional Portuguese than New York City. It has nothing. New York City, there's an area like in the 23rd to 26th Street that has a lot more Brazilian and Portuguese as well. But I would say more Brazilian, um, where Newark was more Portuguese and from the Azores and from the uh, the mainland here. That's where that's where I grew up and that's where my parents also. That's where they lived and uh, that's where all the Portuguese people mostly. Or they either go to Boston, you know, in uh, near um, New Bedford, uh, even just around outside uh, um, New Bedford, and I forget the other uh, Fall River, Fall River, New Bedford. There's a lot of Portuguese communities there too, right in outside of Boston, in Massachusetts, so Rhode Island, Connecticut, that whole area there. But it's between New Jersey and Boston. There's a lot. Or if you go to the West Coast, there are a lot of Madeira uh, from the island of Madeira, um, because when I lived out there as well, lived out in San Francisco in that area, there they even have their own. Um, Portuguese radio station, so kind of, but the food, and you do have, but like, um, but it's not so much as it is in North, North or Boston, that area, for sure, you get all the traditional, more than New York City, without a doubt. So what were you into when you were younger, growing up in the city? Did you, did you, and, and, and for college, did you say what you did in college, what you majored in? Um, business administration. And um, uh, when I uh, when I was growing up, I was just was kind of a, a brainiac, you know, just studying. Uh, I was always encouraged. My parents always encouraged, you know, because they didn't have the education uh, that they so they always want to give it to their children. And so I always like buried myself in books and even going to school, going to uh, university was young and uh, just something that. But then you know you, you, what you want to do. You want to travel. You want to make money. You want to um, you want to do a lot of things. And you know, and that's uh, the opportunities when they came to me. My hand was always raised, and I worked with. I was in the retail, uh, more in the, in the corporate world, in the retail uh, that had to do with expansion of um, just the retail shops. And some of the some of the brands are still on the Nasdaq now. Uh, before they went public, and I grew up with, uh, you imagine, from one single shop uh, to over 200, not only na nationwide, from East Coast to West Coast, and even uh, outside of the U.S. And um, what what I learned from that was also, was about just growing it and uh, growing it within a company, um, the recruiting, uh, the social aspect of it. You know, and even just the operations, of course, day to day and management, managing with big teams, 
so that was always that was something that now using it you know more than uh, for more than 20 years I've been living in Portugal but what I did there definitely helps me out here working with people relationships right because that's what it's about it's always relationships and even when you're managing teams you know you got to get the goal done the objective this is focus and you know not everybody wakes up at the right side of the bed and if you have a team of 100 or 200 you got to get them all it's you got to get it done and you know and you got to figure it out like a way to motivate and do and get the results done and so i learned a lot from that experience uh, of that and also of growth you know taking companies and growing with them and being uh, being valued as uh, as um, uh, a human resource i think one of the best uh, quotes i always remember from one someone I was very, it's from Illumination, they, they closed, they were bought out by Yankee Candle. But one of the things that I learned was always that the, the number one asset to any company are its human resources, not even their clients. And that's it was very powerful to hear that. Uh, because if they're happy, like if you go, uh, people, we did, it, it was always, it was our mantra, we don't have clients, we have friends. And so kind of, you know, you grow with that. And it's true. And even in our own business, we don't have clients. We have friends. And, uh, you know, they recommend, they refer you. And that's what it's about. We had clients that would come in just to come in to say hello. And the same way we do, we call our, our friends, you know, how are you doing? You know, you're not selling them anything. You don't, you know, but just following up. So you learn. I learned a lot about that for sure. You know, real estate wasn't what I did there other than just myself investing in and I still have uh, uh, properties there, so. Um, but it, it wasn't what I did. Uh, but I loved it, you know. That's uh, that's for sure. So you went? Did you go? You went straight from Seton Hall to into that industry into corporate yeah, retail. Out, and what was the actual position you started with at first? It was it was a management position, and it was with the young. It was a very young company, young company, a small company, not young, small company. It was called uh, Persuasions. Um, and it was uh, um, is uh, they were they were from New York from Brooklyn, um, um, and they had what I had to do was just fill in for a lot of the other managers that were out, and this was something when I was still going to, I was going to college and working there part time, but I, I learned a lot from them and about trust when they really trust you, um, and especially with uh, just cash deposits and just you know even managing uh, the, the the staff and you know when they had I had that trust with them just to go around. And so that's how I got to know New York City uh, from from Brooklyn. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I work right in front of Macy's, you know, between uh, 34th Street, between 7th and 8th Avenue by Madison Square Garden. So uh, working in, in those places or even a lot of friends from Astoria, from Queens, you know, they're uh, um, on Stuyvesant Avenue uh, that I still have relationships with and I still maintain from Greece. Yeah. And so like, like we just go back. But that was that wasn't really it was it was a good experience but it was like for me it was like part-time because i was going to college um so i would work always on the weekends uh for sure and then even um after i might my classes were in the morning so you would have or if i had a class in the afternoon so you're always balancing it out but it was more of a part-time but you get it was a full-time position working part-time let's just say and so i learned all the it was a, it was just a, a management position as well and you know it was very uh very exciting that's when you learn about like business uh these uh i remember my uh my boss raymond raymond was just so methodical and just structured and 
you know, like, wow, you know, like, you, you, you admire people like that. So I was always growing, always around them and, and learning not only business and entrepreneurship and stuff. So then later on, you know, I probably applied all those things that I learned there. I applied them here. This is what you learn in school, you know, let's be honest, unless you go into school nowadays for a medical doctor or, or something, you know, specified, uh, um, uh, you know, just, just jobs, like really a lot of stuff that you learn in college, you don't really apply it on a day-to-day basis, right? Economics and stuff. I mean, it's things, unless you're going into other uh, specialized professions, like I say, medical doctors or just physicists, or whatever, you know, the, those are things that are, uh, that probably school or university is definitely for it. I want it for more just as a personal goal. Like, okay, I want to, I want to get a college degree. That's what I want. You know, uh, well, not not the one of the first in the family to do it. You know, so between a, uh, and that's for me that was important. Yeah, and the most colleges, or maybe they do now, have a, a course on how to treat people or how to win friends and influence people and that kind of thing. Like Dale that's, Carnegie, right? Like Dale Carnegie. That's a lot more what it's about is. Yeah, exactly what you said. You learned in that job. A lot of it carried over. Um, and you also said, well, you you said that you didn't use real estate, but um, it sounded like you were learning the area. Were you going around? Were you involved in the facilities at all? Because re- with real with retail, obviously the 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 corner that you're on matters and the space that you're in matters and you have some kind of structure that we it's a three thousand foot box every time and we have the same build out each time so was there any did you learn any real estate while you were doing that not not so much what i learned more was about actually the commercial side of it especially in the the, the retail office space or not office space retail space um and what they were paying you know per square meter what it is like and sometimes when you're talking about like uh, per month like 30 or 40 thousand your uh, dollars a month uh for a space that's like a, a small box i would say wow you know but then again you do you have a business that's doing about eight to ten million euros uh, or dollars a year right uh and even above you know eight ten twelve million uh, dollars that produces in, in girl sales so uh you know and a lot of the a lot so i learned a little bit about that but not so much i mean real estate real estate was just like a hobby there um working with uh, a few real a few friends that were realtors that that they even started working with us or with me and then they went into real estate i didn't uh, it's just that wasn't that's not what i i was into but i was into real estate investing in where like uh, foreclosures so uh not only my first property when i bought was a foreclosure property then also uh, multifamily dwellings you know we're talking in the early 90s right and early 90s was a great time to invest in this just everything was always you know uh everything everything was just you know the best best times to grow and i think that i felt in the u.s is from like 1990 uh in the late 80s to early 2000s was just phenomenal and i was a part of that growth i was there and you know, you're able to put money aside, invest in mutual funds, this, that. Again, my, my first bosses always guided me on that. They were always very careful to uh, do this, do that, buy buy this or invest there, etc. So, And even them watching them because they, they themselves did a lot about real estate buying and stuff. So I learned that business from them a little bit. So, you know. Um, but nothing, nothing, not the customer end of it, you know, like where we working with the client and 
actually showing profit. No, not that nothing at all. That was something that, that you learn later. And again, you go back to school to learn that stuff. So also, you know, you don't know. You didn't, so you go back to school. It's always going back to school. You're always learning, you know? Yeah. Every transaction teaches you something. So how did you go from, so you were doing real estate a little bit with the, with the investing and everything. So how did you make a transition from what you were doing into being on the brokerage side of it and what you're doing now? Moving to Portugal, Derek, uh, for personal reasons, yeah, uh, because that's all. I've, I've had two careers in my life, there or two lives, you know, one there, one here, um, you know, 26 years in the U.S. and over 20 years here, and that's all I've done, uh, and that's all I know how to do. When people ask me, are you still in real estate? That's all I know how to do, <laughs> you know, and I don't know how to do anything else. I mean, there's no other passion for me. Yeah, I am real estate. I don't, what do you, that's I not a, yeah. <laughs> And so, but it was personal reasons when I moved here, um, my dad and my, it was actually after, and I think we were there, you, I'm not sure if you were there, we were talking about in a real estate room that you make decisions in life that are really um, to be a part of the ones you love and be a part of them, get to know them. And after September 11th, it really was a change for me, you know, because priorities, spending time with the ones you love. So it, it, I took just a break. Okay. You know, I have to spend Christmas Lost you there. We're good. Oh, I don't know. Lost you there. <laughs> uh, I have to. I wanted to spend Christmas, New Year's. I wanted to, uh, uh, um, you know, Easter, my mother's birthday, mom's uh, uh, Mother's Day, etc. So, those are the things that that were valued for me that I wanted to do. So, took a six month ticket, came here, been many times back to the U.S., but this is where it's at. And, and the growth here after the two thousand. Um, and two, 2001, since I've been here, you know, 2001, basically, to even 2000 wasn't a full year because I came and then I left. But uh, then this is where the growth has come in Europe. It's, it's amazing. You know, you're at the right places at the right time. And, you know, one of the things that just fell into my lap and, you know, a brand that we all know. Uh, that is with the U.S. That's where I was a part of for 15 years here. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't a, a, I was just a, a, not even a realtor because a realtor is just a term for an art. Now I am a realtor, but at the time, just an estate agent. Right. And uh, and so you learn you learn the business, you learn, had great mentors, great, great mentors. Uh, that you know one of the things that always i learned was just that it's about it's relationships it's not transactions and you know you build those relationships and that's real estate has little to do with selling homes right Derek? we know this it's all about relationships real estate is not homes it's people and so i learned that and just you grew you know for just you know i was one of their top agents here in the north of course and just then it was just something that it was just natural and i think probably when we talk about creating a niche market uh, where I was able to speak fluent English. My Portuguese wasn't great, but that's okay, you know, because my buyers and, and my Kyle and even the sellers wanted me to represent them because, you know what, you, I know you're going to get me a foreign buyer. I know you're going to sell me the property or even to a Portuguese, you know, because my Portuguese was not, I learned Portuguese. Um, you know, my first language that I learned how to speak was English, right? So I would learn Portuguese coming, uh, coming on the holidays here with my parents. Um, but other than that, it wasn't my first language and growing. 
uh, growing, uh, just, you know, learning, etc. Uh, but having those mentors and, and you know, the top uh, coaches around you, people that, you know, that you respect and you want to be around them, even if it's just to go get coffee for them. You know, so you got you to pay your dues, right? And, you know, um, whether it's the simplest things like that, but it just roughs, you know, being shoulder to shoulder with them. You're always learning. And that's that's what I did. And, and what, what I found, and it's the same thing, the success that they had was just the way that they uh, handled their business with their clients, the friendships that they had. And that's something, you know, that's easy to do. That's not complicated to do real estate. That's something I love doing anyway, is talking with people, meeting people, connecting with people. So it's just uh, uh, getting from there. And it just, you know, it just naturally grew. It just, you know, it was like a, how, uh, how you say, like a ball, a ball of uh, uh, a snowball effect, right? It just grew and grew and it keeps growing. And, you know, and then I went from, uh, from I, obviously from, uh, uh, because then you get, okay, now it's time. To, you want, you want your own brand. You want to have your own, uh, you have your clients ready. And I was just, they're same values that at beginning that they had, which is also, that's what I loved about it. Growing from like 20 franchises to over 250. That was beautiful. Okay. But then it was just for me, the cultures of the way the brands structure themselves and the way they have it, it started to shift from my values. And I said, you know, it's time for me to go because I don't need, I just have my, my only one rule is just, you know, satisfy the client. That's it. Uh, anything else is just, you know, I don't need rules uh, for to do this and rules for this and rules for that. So, and I love rules. The rules are great. But I think if you have, you know, if you have only one rule, satisfy your client and be happy with them. Um, that's not, that's the golden rule in, in my business. And, and, and so we just decided me and uh, my business partner to do. Sometimes she's not in in the in the equation a lot of times she doesn't uh, but in in the in the back channels and a lot of the stuff it, it wouldn't be possible to do without it because you know again all this stuff with the the social media as you or me you know 20 years ago we didn't have this i mean you know uh, instagram i have it i've been using it for like a year and a half two years you know facebook uh, four or five years six years i know six years now it'll be um, and so all these things you really learn and uh, having people around you that know much better than you do. Those are my that's why I'm always surrounded with the people that just know more than what I need to know to make it grow. And we kind of she thinks with the brain, I think with the heart. And that's the, and it works beautifully because um, working together and, and getting the job done is what it's all about. And that's uh, but it it just grew, Derek. It really, you know, when you say, OK, the transition when you made from going from an estate agent to a broker, I think it had to do with the time when you realize that, you know what, your values and what you want to do and. And you don't you don't want to have like a walk in um, business. I want to have a business where if anyone comes to the office, it's because it's a it's not a walk in. It's someone that schedules uh, to come in and visit. It's more of a, a boutique style brokerage, a personalized service. And that's the kind of business. And it would be very hard to do that in that structure of the brand. You could do it probably, but they would want you to do it on a larger scale. And I prefer to like grow organically and, and just one client at a time. And, personalized service and and that's where it's at just one one person at a time i'm you know you're not looking to have like 20 a, a member of you know be a team leader for 20 people no i've been there done that i don't want to manage that i, I don't want that stress and so I, I again just creating your own rules where they're simple having that quality of life that balance you do what you have to do because it's what we have our commitments but enjoying enjoying myself uh, i think uh, i've owed it to myself for these all these years to to really now like you know just to enjoy enjoy the wine that's what i say 
you know? And yeah, no so that's a great segue, everybody. actually, to get on to the, our questions here, which uh, our first one is about the climate I, I and the landscape. You. you can't hear me? Can you hear me, Derek? I can't hear you. I can hear you. You can't hear me? And I can still hear me on the monitor, so me? maybe it's your speakers? I can hear you. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? I can still hear me on the monitor. Mine's work. It's all working. It's your he earphones, I think. I can still hear me on the monitor. Mine's work. It's all working. It's your earphones, I think. I can't hear you, Derek. Can you hear me? Everything's working except for you. I can't hear you. Everything's working. Turn your volume up. Your earphones up. Your earphones up. Your earphones. I'm watching it on two platforms, and they're both good. It's your earphones. Your earphones. Everybody's watching me say your earphones. All right, we're going to have to uh, go out of here if he can't figure out his sound or why. Maybe it's StreamYard. I don't know. But it's working on all the monitors. <laughs> so I apologize to whoever's watching right now. I can't hear you, um, Derek. I can't hear you. I don't know. Here, hold on. How about now? How about now? You hear me? Maybe, maybe send send, um, send a message. I, I can't hear you. All right. Uh, there's no message. Private chat. What's the weather and climate like? Oh, okay. Is that the question that you want me to answer? <laughs> I see that. Okay. I can see the question now. I see it here. Uh, the weather. Uh, in the north, it's um, in the from March through October, end of October, uh, it's pretty stable. Um, you do have uh, it's a great, great temperatures can go as as high as, you know, um, uh, 30 degrees in the summer, June, July, August. Um, like right now, it's about 20 degrees. The difference is that there's the 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 the, the highs and lows are different. Whereas in the central part of Portugal, like Lisbon or so, uh, the weather is more more stable. Uh, and then of course, when you go down more south, further down uh, in the Algarve, you have more of a Mediterranean climate. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, it's more even much more stable than the highs and lows. And then, of course, Madeira Islands and the Azores are just extremely you know, stable uh, for the most part. Uh, up here, it's where it's more unsettling because of the winter months. It does rain. That's why everything is green. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure if you heard all that. but I'm going to share my – everybody else can hear me. They can hear you, and I – check your chat. Check your chat, private chat. Um, but I'm going to share my screen and show everybody. Uh, I sent the message. Try He's going to check that message while I show though. you the map. Ah, okay. <laughs> Reset. And I'm going to pull a map up so you all know where Portugal is, because I'm guessing a lot of you don't even know where Portugal is. So if I can add my screen here, and I'm going to bring this up, and, um, and he's going to come back, and I'll bring him back in as soon as he gets back. 
Uh, but here's the map. So if you don't know where Portugal is, here's the US. You can see it over here. And Portugal is over here. It's actually in Europe, not in South America, like I've heard some people think. And it's right here next to Spain. And they actually don't speak Spanish, or maybe some of them do, but they uh, speak Portuguese, like some people don't know also. And then more specifically, up here at the top, this is where Tony is, right up here. I mean, almost in Spain. So he must go to Spain a lot. We'll have to talk about that a little bit but so everybody knows just where Portugal is and where uh, Tony is and now I'm gonna come over here and we're gonna bring him back in Tony can you hear me now yes perfectly sweet all right there's the remedy next time instead of me yelling at you and making all these stupid things I'm gonna tell the person to leave and come back and while you were gone I was just pulling up the map so that everybody who doesn't know where Portugal is because I've heard a lot of people say it's in South America and they think they speak <laughs> Spanish and they think it's next to Mexico or something so it's actually in Europe it's part of the EU correct still um, and uh, and is right there next to Spain and I'll stop sharing that screen so we can and talk again but um so everybody knows where it is so what are we at we're at the climate yeah so you were saying it's it, this is a good opportunity for you to stand up can you stand up show around a little bit and then come back down for the rest of the questions sure sure sweet i mean this is you could just see like here well you see the 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 peaches here coming in the kiwis are behind okay you can see them right there growing uh, this uh, is actually, this is a pier. You can see here coming up, oh, that one was coming down. And it's just, yeah. Mountains. Going. So how big are those mountains? Are they, um, they're not like skiing big mountain mountains like you'd find in Vermont or Colorado or something, right? 600 meters up. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Here's some more peaches, tangerine trees. And we know <laughs> you're in Europe because you're saying meters. <laughs> meters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even even through here, you could see the, again all the the mountains all all around, all within. I'm just in, in the valley. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sorry, you probably said it, but what do you have seasons? Yeah, here in the north, it is. It's more of a four season. You know when it's winter. You know when it's summer. You know when it's um, uh, spring, fall, because, you know, the, the leaves change colors, everything. It's, you do have the four seasons here. Oh, wait, you have the sun. Let me put this here now. So then that way I'm not in the sun and you can see me. But, but yeah, this is pretty much just my little neck of the woods where I spent some, some of the time and I love to. It's what I, have, what I inherited, let's just say, you know. And so there's a place that's very special and dear to me. So we saw you hold up and we all know if you go to the... He was a little bit slow there. Come and pick the... The, tree, the the fruits so they don't go to waste you know and so you can see here beautiful sunny day but just don't. i'm a country boy derek i really am 
so obviously we've seen we saw you uh drinking some wine and we've all seen there's a whole portuguese portugal section in the pa state uh liquor store um so we know that wine is probably one of the industries there but what are what are the major employers and industries um tourism wine what else what do we got there tourism portugal is a service service. you know a service industry hotels uh, there are a lot of factories you know even us like world warner we do have a lot of a lot of factories from uh, um, all over europe volkswagen is one of the biggest factories here they do a lot of components and building uh, cars here in portugal uh, but basically you know like it's 60 percent or 70 percent or 60 percent is, is service industry hotel tourism restaurants uh, um, and along those lines, coffee shops, pastry shops. <laughs> so is it beaches? Is Obviously, there's a long coastline there, and you're kind of close to the, you're close to Spain and the, the coastline there. Yeah, Are there beaches beautiful. and there's seasons to the beach season? Yeah, there's uh, from June. Uh, well, the beach, you know, here in the Atlantic, it's cold. The water is freezing cold. You know, it's North Atlantic. Uh, so, you know, but uh, sometimes you would need a wetsuit, but other times... You know, but but it's it is colder, of course, and we do, do have people a surf. Long, yeah, that's what it is. We do a lot. There's a lot more kite surfing, windsurfing, a lot of uh, water activities. You know, water water sports, and uh, up here in the north, because the wind there is a little more wind, um, and so you do see a lot of it. There's like uh, even the Span the Spanish from the north here, where I am in, in Galicia. Uh, a lot of them there's a lot of synergy from the portuguese are buying in spain and our spanish clients are buying in portugal um i don't know i don't know who's right they always say well portugal is nicer spain is nicer you're here for both sides so i don't know who's right but but one thing is for sure i i go i go to spain like i was there yesterday i go to spain like maybe two three times a week okay we also have a do business there as well so and um, it's just crossing over the border. No border controls, nothing. So um, it's just that's cool. Well, you got to hook me up with a, a Spanish uh, agent to have on to talk about Spain. Somebody from like Barcelona or somewhere like yeah. It, well, I, can yeah, yeah. I can recommend someone from Barcelona. I have a friend. Uh, he's also Ramon. He's also he's a lawyer, property lawyer, but he's a real estate agent now as well. He's been doing it for many many years. He's also a Fiapsi member that I've known through through there and the be nice to interview for your show as well for the podcast yeah that'd be awesome so you you have a lot of tourism and that's kind of seasonal sometimes so what about what's it like for people that live there if somebody moves there maybe they're going to be the manager of one of these hotels what's life going to be like and let's start with maybe the travel do people what what's traffic like what are the roads like are they modern roads like we have or are these tiny little back roads or is it a mix are they cobblestone Great infrastructures, great. Uh, Portugal over the last uh, 30 years, because of the European Union, a lot of funds and growing, uh, all infrastructure, schools, highways, uh, high-speed internet. I mean, I have fiber, fiber optic here in a small little village that you're connected with the world. Uh, you have it all. Um, and so the opportunities, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of our clients, you know, when we're dealing with the real estate, a lot of them are retired. So they're moving here, you know, to live the golden years. Uh, there's other countries like, for example, whether from India, from uh, Russia, from other, you know, uh, Moldavias, um, that they move here for just better opportunities of life, of course. Uh, even South America now, a lot from Brazil, Venezuela, you know, escaping a lot of the crime. So moving here, 
um, and they're working. Some of them are whether, you know, if they may be a medical doctor in their own country, but here they, they start out probably working in the hotel industry or doing until they get qualified as, as a medical doctor and going through the process of some. Uh, but getting around is so easy, even subways in the bigger cities. Where I am here in the countryside, the roads are they're, they're wide, you know. Maybe about 60, 70 years ago, you would need a, a horse and carriage or, or even... You know, and stuff, but not now. Everybody has, like, a family would have, like, in one family, a home would have, like, maybe three or four cars, you know, so, um, and just the infrastructure. Beautiful highways, that's something that everybody says, that the highways here are really, because they're also scenic, you know, because you're going through the countryside uh, and stuff. They're not, like, in the cities, you know, passing through or anything. And so a lot of the highways, people always have great feedback that they're beautiful and getting around. Yeah, well, I'm guessing they're better than the Pennsylvania highways because our uh, roads are old and everybody drives through Pennsylvania. And that means because we we're right in the middle, everybody north to south, Congested, all the logistics, right? all the everything up and down, up and down. But they don't pay taxes in here to fix the roads usually. So to oh, get all this through traffic going through, through and we have these through. terrible roads. <laughs> so I'm through. sure they're out west they're really nice every time i go out west because everything just tends to be newer and everything's nice and clean and here it's like new york city where there's scaffoldings all the time there's a scaffolding somewhere but here it's roads there's always one of the highways or one of the lanes something's being worked on all the always. time without fail um so if you did live in um or if you did work at say you're a manager at one of these hotels you're in the hospitality industry you move over there would you live out in the country and commute most people or would you be living close to to the hotel or in a city both, or something both, both. The, the, because living in the countryside has its benefits and not only not only of quality of life but cost of living as well um and so having uh, being in, but a lot of the, the cities as well. It's, the cities, the big major cities are Lisbon, Porto, okay, Braga, Guimarães, Coimbra, obviously Coimbra because that's the university city. Uh, there's interior cities um, that for universities where people go for there. So there's a lot of, uh, um, I guess, a spinoff from that business, from that. Um, uh, from the schools, from the universities, etc. Um, but other than that, like the, those bigger cities, and you know, of course, if you're living in Lisbon and you're working there every single day, you're probably there is not a lot of countryside in Lisbon. <laughs> you know, the, the the countryside is like is up from Porto and up or Coimbra, you know, in that area is there's or even in in the Alentejo region. Uh, which is between Lisbon and the Algarve. There's a lot of land, so you find see some big farms, like uh, for like olive plantations and even uh, um, the the pork uh, creation, you know. And so a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot, a lot, a lot, also wine, etc. And that's the other biggest industries here too is the wine. Wine is, is a big industry here, um, and even um, just a lot of other smaller. Uh, businesses, but we do produce, uh, but most of what we produce, curiously enough, goes to the outside. Uh, and so, yeah, like yeah. that's good though. That means you gotta, you're it's a, a basic, they're basic jobs, as they call them, they're non basic and basic jobs. And the basic ones, the ones that bring in money from the outside into the that's those are the ones you want. So, that's we, fantastic. We get, of, we get a lot of professionals, uh, that come here because of to being part of like weather engineers or etc uh, uh help out not only but we have we have great ones here too but the the great ones here go to work outside a lot they get recruited right out of university
capacity to go to the United Kingdom or Canada, U.S. or everywhere in the world, you know, to work. Uh, they get recruited right out of university. So we have to get uh, source out from other countries and they come. And when they do, uh, usually they're in, you know, or teachers, even teachers, etc. Um, so medical doctors also, because, again, all, our best medical doctors, best, best, and even nursing and everything, they just get recruited to go outside, United, especially in the United Kingdom, uh, for sure. But then they come back when they retire to uh, yeah, chill yeah. on the in the relaxing yeah. landscape. So yeah, in the in the cities, like in Lisbon, is that like a modern city? Like people would picture, like New York City or Harrisburg or, or wherever in the U.S. Or is it that Probably. when you look up Portugal, you get the first images that come up are those like an old town along the 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 sea on oh, kind of the rolling hills. Derek. Lisbon, Porto, the bigger cities. Uh, it's so cosmopolitan, even like, you know, you have three star, four star restaurants, uh, Michelin restaurants, you have, you know, uh, some of the top quality hotels, brands are here uh, in Portugal and just the, the quality of the cuisine, you know, restaurants, everything. It's very cosmopolitan, even bars, you go like a wine bar. It's not like your typical, you know, like, you know, how do you say dive bar, right? Uh, your dive bar and stuff like, you know. No, like really, uh, or a piano bar, they have really up and up. There's all of that, you know. In the countryside, you, of course, it's everything is a little more, but it's still like you have the same service. Maybe they're not so pretty as, as they are in, in Porto with all the decoration and everything, but but they're just as great. But believe me, I that's where I feel more comfortable, you know. I don't mind, yeah, yeah. To like, I don't mind going to a, a two or three star Michelin restaurant, but you know, um. Uh, it's it's not me. I, I prefer the the real authentic quality. You know, if you go, if you come on a holiday, you want those things, right? You you want to be pampered and everything. But if you're gonna be doing it like day to day, uh, it would be boring, I guess. You know, so you know. And I think it's okay if you come on a holiday and you experience those things. You have all you can imagine in the U.S. You have here. I mean, everything. There's no shortage of anything. Uh, any kind of cuisine, you have it, and some, and some, and even you know, like even lots, lots of as the years have gone by, like a lot of African cuisine, Indian, uh, um, and just Asian, right? Mostly Asian cuisines, kind of like hit the scenes now, and they've you know whether it's vegetarian restaurants as well, uh, with all the you know again, all, Portugal has all those uh, authentic um, and the quality of the 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 right the the materials, the prime materials, whether it's the fish, because we do we do have we're surrounded by ocean, so uh, Portugal has a deep culture with the ocean and fishing, right? With codfish, for example. Uh, but all the meats, everything. So um, that's with people. The quality of life as a day to day, uh, it would be. Uh, it wouldn't be like probably in Lisbon. You do have it, like you know, like all those uh, nice places to go, like in New York City or you know, or in LA or even in Miami. You know, you have that. You have. Uh, you have that. There's no shortage of anything. You know here. It's just not that that picture postcard that you see from the countryside with that old house and stuff. No. No. There is that if you want to visit that. Or actually, that's a that's a good question. If somebody's uh, if somebody's coming to visit um, for a vacation rather than moving there, maybe one or two things that you gotta. If you're coming to Portugal, you gotta see these two things. For sure, you, the you, you, one is uh, you 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 have to be you have to go to Lisbon. You have to go to Porto for sure. Oh, is, right at the money. He's telling Sorry us the two that. things. Uh, we got it. Me? Lisbon is where we lost you. Oh, got to go to Lisbon. Out again. I have to go in and out. Hold on. <laughs>
Go out. Come back. <laughs> Every time he cuts out, we got to redo, have him come out and come back in. We got 15 minutes here. So hopefully he gets back in fairly quickly. We only got a couple more questions coming up and we're talking about Lisbon right now. So I'm going to bring up this Lisbon map and show you guys where it is. Oh, here he is. He's back. Sorry, sorry about that. It's there so, we go. All good. Yeah. I was just the, reminding them where Lisbon was on the map. Yeah. So you would have, it's mandatory to go visit Lisbon, visit Lisbon, visit Porto, uh, visit the Algarve because that's where you have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world is there in the Algarve. And then visit, you know, the local countryside, wherever you are from north to south, uh, get a feel of the real Portugal, you know, where you have that authentic um, lifestyle, not that, not the, the tourist lifestyle where everyone goes, you know, you have the marinas and everything, all those co cosmopolitan bars and restaurants. Uh, the authentic Portugal. Go to the countryside from north to more on the interior side. Doesn't matter where you are, it's all going to be the same. You know, when you have like some fresh baked bread uh, from local local bakeries that you know that that are there, you have the, the local wine, you know, from the uh, with no label, right? Nothing, you know, from one of the uh, uh, producers here and stuff. Those are the things that are really authentic, and some of the cheeses, some of the the chorizo, you know, the 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 authentic things you know and, you, and that's 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 what i like i mean that's uh, i've grown accustomed to that and i wouldn't change my lifestyle for it it's so for one it's easy for one it's affordable uh, as well because you could do it you know uh, but but then again if i want to go and have a nice beautiful meal um you know out with the, on a date or with a friend or whatever you go to porto or even braga which is close by or even vigo in spain which here in the north is literally that's i'm literally half hour away i'm 10 minutes away from the spanish border you know it's just separated by the river it's the Minho river so vigo is also very cosmopolitan um, the big city also by the river by the ocean um and any city you know any city along the bay you know when you have a bay or like uh the the, the river meets the ocean those are beautiful cities we have a city here in the north Viana do castello it's just a, a a delight it's not it's not big but it's not small either it's just the perfect size it, even when i go there driving into the city there and it's so small believe me it's like one of you know i remember even going like on route uh what's east stroudsburg for example there was a uh, okay east stroudsburg you take the route 80 i think it's route 80 right going there um uh, and going and it was very small and like like a small city this was like years years ago remember there was um but those kind of like small little country uh, um, village, village cities, right? Uh, Vienna de Castello is, is one of those things, but on the water. Okay, so you have the river, and you have a lot of again all these beautiful restaurants, everything. So again, it's so close by, within a distance of like half hour, I'm there, you know, or so. Even into Porto, 45 minutes, and you know, if I want to get to Lisbon, it takes me about three hours by car. If I get, if I go to the Algarve, it takes me five hours. I remember when I used to live in in Houston, I would go to New Orleans and you know go for the uh, for a weekend. It takes about five hours in a car drive as well, right? So for me, five hours there is, but it's, again, beautiful roads, easy access to everything. So five hours, just it's seamless. Uh, it's not um, uh, not complicated. So what's a dish, uh, like a food dish that would be quintessential Portuguese that you got to have Bacalhau. while you're there? Bacalhau, uh, codfish, salted cod. 
you can have catfish 366 days a year uh, a different recipe for every single day uh, whether you whether you boil it whether you grill it whether you bake it whether you put it however there's so many dishes if anybody wants any recipes i'll be more than happy to send one of my favorites it's called bacalhau uh, okay where it has uh, it's codfish and it's shredded up okay so then and it, has, it also has these uh, like um, julienne fries like really small right cut up um, and then with even with an egg and stuff and lots of olive oil it's so easy to prepare i can send anybody that that uh, uh, that the the recipe for and it's so easy garlic onion everything always has like every dish here has like olive oil olive oil is one of the quintessential ingredients of any uh any dish here in portugal and lots of it and so bacalhau is definitely is king is we call it king cod and because so you're like you're like the bubba gump of codfish <laughs> yeah <laughs> boil sure. it bread it <laughs> steam it I mean, it's just you have uh, and then, you know, I actually have a post and I do a lot, you know, I do a lot of uh, writing and that's what I love to do. And that's what we get our, a lot of our clients are also organically. So I write a lot, like even about food, like you say, you don't see a lot of posts about uh, selling homes, you sell more of selling the lifestyle, right? And so I have, if you go on my blog and there, there's, there's things here about lifestyle, about golf, about uh, real estate as well, of course, you know, you got to have real estate, um, about music, about the wine. There's so much stuff there to learn. Uh, and even the recipe, you know what? The recipe there, if you search uh, there in the blog, because we do, we post it in our blog, uh, that's where you can find it. So anybody goes on my website, it's all the information is there. So much of it, not only about, you know, everything that happens in Portugal, but the sites, everything about information. It's there. Just search the word and you'll find it. Uh, it's there within our blog, within the website. Nice. And we have the website in the description above, below, wherever you're watching or listening to this, it's there and you sh everybody should be able to find it. And we got nine minutes here, which is perfect amount of time to, to go to the, uh, our last question, which is, all right, so if somebody's actually moving there, what are they going to get for their money? And we're going to kind of compare it to Pennsylvania where our average price is 250. So let's start at the 250 mark. What are people going to get for 250 over there? And what is, if that translates to euros? I don't know what is that or whatever. You can, yeah, you can fill me in. $250,000 is uh, around 200 and something thousand euros. So uh, um, you would not, you know, uh, you, you would get like, uh, even in the countryside, uh, like for example, like a three bedroom or four be bedroom house, anywhere from 250 to 300,000, 290,000, three, four bedroom, uh, three bath. It has about 1,500 square meters of land, which is around 15,000 square foot, you know, of a property. And you would have a property to round around 2,000 square feet. Okay, I'll, I'll speak in feet so people can know. And so uh, 2,000 square feet. Uh, and you and even with the swimming pool and you're looking at between like 250 to 300,000 around that that's her and that's my bread and butter home uh, and then we have you know but then again if you move closer this same home down near Lisbon would be a home around 600,000 euros okay 600 uh, it's like uh, double even more double the price you know so uh, obviously up here it's a lot cheaper and that's why I always say that like where I'm at it's it's one of Portugal's best kept secrets it really is it's uh, because Lisbon's Lisbon is a little more um, expensive, but then again, all the infrastructures and you have to compare everything, you know, the areas of like Sintra, uh, Sintra, you would get like a, a three or four bedroom home 
would be around the 600,000, maybe even less, maybe some semi-attached home. Um, you know, 500,000 euros would get you, you know, a, a property with the view. When I say like those kinds of, you would have a view of a countryside, etc. But like at 500,000, you would get a nice, beautiful ocean view with the countryside to go with it. You know, so you're closer to the coastline. That same home. For two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand, uh, in near the coastline with a nice view, is at the five hundred thousand. That same uh, a million euro home, yeah, a million euro home would be a home that's like well over, you know, say, uh, you know, um, four thousand square feet, four to five thousand square feet, with the views, with you know the quality finishings, everything. And even above a million, I mean, you know, even above a million, uh, like two, uh, uh, we, we do have homes like, you know, in, in excess of like eight, 10, 12 million euros that we do have them even more. I mean, you know, but uh, and what about actually today you posted some palace or something? Was that something that's a, is oh, that a no, museum or is that something for sale or are there no, old no, castles and palaces for sale? That we, we do, we actually small palaces like manor houses, okay, up here in where I live, we do have, we do have one for sale that we listed uh, not too long ago, and these are old, like they have the, the shield, you know what I mean, with the family crest on there, so they're, and the, the, uh, what I posted yesterday is, is a national uh, monument since 19... 16 i think it is or 1906 it's a national monument and it was just it was built uh, in 18 in the 1800s early 1800s and it was just uh, now it's own and it produces it's a wine farm it has 30 hectares of land and only up until recently uh, they allowed now to visit inside the, the home um and only part of it you know you could visit the gardens years ago but now they opened up the interior wise as well just for tourism and stuff you know and to keep for the upkeep of the property because to keep those properties is not um <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you gotta pay for that because just just the person to dust it alone with all those nooks and crannies and i mean that yeah no thanks there are some cool <laughs> mansions in rhode island you can tour that are like insane that i don't know how yeah, like, i think a like lot of them closed euros. down actually because they they couldn't keep them up yeah like a million euros would definitely get you like a character manor house um something unique unique um very very unique you know something that has a lot of history um people pay pay for that there's not that many of them uh, and when they come on the market they do sell because people do want them usually bought they're always whether from it can be you know portuguese buyers as well but like uh, people from like uh, france from germany the united kingdom love those character mansions you know or, or i wouldn't they're not they're 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 like uh, manor homes. They're not mansions in that sense, you know. Uh, but more of like those character uh, charm. Um, really, they're they're like three four hundred years old, five hundred years old, you know. Some of them maintenance uh, nightmares. If I it sounds like a like a boat to me. Like you, the best days are the days you buy it and the day you get rid of it. And you think it's gonna be they, cool, but then you're like, this thing is. Too much. When they were built, when they were built like three or four hundred years ago, in some of them, they've obviously been, you know, just re redone and everything to modern standards. You know, they usually um, uh, that all of them are, and like you know, you'll see with solar panels and heated swimming pools and you know tennis courts. So you have that whole. Uh, those are that's the kind of property like a million euros will definitely just get you something unique. It has to be, and even for me here in our region here in the north, um, like a property in, in excess of five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, anywhere from from half a million to a million euros would already get you something unique of a property. When you go down further south, I mean the prices are different, and you have some beautiful estates 
right? You know, that are just, you know, uh, beautiful and they're, they're, they're characters. They have the homes that are well over hundreds of years old and have been renovated and up to the highest standard. So anytime you talk about a million euro property, it's something unique uh, for sure. Well, that's nice to hear because here in Pennsylvania, it's kind of the same. So it sounds like price-wise, it's nothing crazy. And if you're spending a million dollars, you could actually get something that is feels like something palatial or, or something that's worth that. It's not like you're getting a an efficiency apartment um, in New York City that you would get for well, a million yeah. dollars. So yeah, like even uh, here, like a nice a nice two bedroom flat, you can get like for around a hundred or even a three bedroom flat for around one hundred twenty five thousand euros. Where that same flat there now down by the Algarve with the beautiful ocean view would be a flat of three, four hundred thousand and above, you know, uh, obviously still not that bad, bad, really. I mean, no, it's not. And it's still relatively inexpensive, especially in the center of Lisbon in comparison to like other cities like Madrid, Paris, London. There was even uh, like a story like even Cristiano Ronaldo spent seven million euros on, on one of the most expensive flats that was sold in the center of Lisbon. Um, and so I even did a post or even a mention about it because uh, for example, in Lisbon, oh, in Lisbon, in Madrid, that same uh, flat, even smaller than what he has here, uh, was bought by one of these uh, Middle Eastern tycoons, a sheikh. He bought it. He paid well over. Se- the difference is only seven million euros, you know, of Madrid to here, so more, right? So it's still a bargain in comparison to that same flat. If it was in Paris or or any one of the bigger Milan, etc., would be the double of, of what it is here. So for sure, if you think of property values, it's still cheaper than. Any any European city. And you know, when you showed the map, Portugal's been here all along. People may not know, but especially Americans are finding it now for some reason or other, you know, with a lot of the news. Oh, yeah? Okay, we won't say anything. Here's the best kept secret. Now you're going to drive the prices up. Well, my, no, but my, but, it, but my area is the best kept secret now, but all of Portugal. People are discovering it, you know, and I think that's that's a good thing. And every, everywhere you go, English is spoken. It's not like a third country. You know, if it was about third 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, speaking English probably was a luxury. Everybody speaks English now. Maybe not perfect like, like I do, but everybody speaks English in every corner, in the countryside, in the rural side. Everyone speaks because whether their 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 grandson or granddaughter went to college or went to uh, university or, or, or just watching a lot of TV, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Clubhouse as well. Yeah. Well, there's no excuse these days either. You could want to go to Japan and you could pull out your phone and it'll translate for you real time. So a language barrier should never be a, a no, barrier to corner, traveling. At every corner, at every corner, there's someone that will that will speak English. It's uh, it's just so even in the rural countryside, that's something uh, because there's always a fa- there's always a foreign family somewhere living. Everyone knows one of them. So. So here we've got a, a few minutes left, uh, three minutes to be exact. So in about a minute, tell us what other profession you would be if you could be anything else. Definitely what I do now, uh, which is a, a tour guide. <laughs> I don't consider myself a realtor in the sense where, yes, that's what we do. But for me, it's just showing the beauty. So I would definitely be either writing or even making wine continuing on or doing something along the wines or even just but again probably writing about blogging travels uh not only here in portugal but all over the world because it's something i love to do anything i do has to be a passion otherwise i just don't do it Uh, i have to be passionate about it and one of the things that i am very passionate and i can write about it just so easily is portugal and and uh, everything you know whether it's pictures to go with it or vacation visiting traveling so i would definitely along those lines 
That's perfect. And that's the beauty of what we do. You can kind of, in the real estate industry, you can kind of mold it to what you're interested in. If you like digital marketing, you can go that way. If you like cold calling people, if you like commercial, if you like property management rather than brokering deals, if you like being the tour guide or whatever you want to do. Yeah, for me, you know, I always say that, like, I love my office. It's outdoors. That's where I'm, that's where I'm most happy, you know, showing properties, being with clients, sitting alongside a river cafe, talking about, hearing about what they're, you know, and you're qualifying them, of course, but you do it in an, in an ambiance uh, there that it's not, a, it's not, it's, you're not inside an office with four walls. And it's just so much more. People are a lot more comfortable talking and then just showing them around or having dinner here with them, etc. It's just so easy. It's more personal. Personalized. It's more uh, something with me. Not everybody does it. I get. Not everybody does it. But that, I've been doing it for 20 years. Again, it's it's about uh, the lifestyle, and it's about why should somebody, you know, why should you live here? Where should you live in Portugal? That's probably the most important question I would I would ask anybody because it's so different, and not only for climate. And the first thing anybody consider whether even traveling or moving here is on your lifestyle. What do you want to do? And what weather do you like? Because it's so different. Yeah. So you got to reach out to Tony, obviously. And we've got about 50 seconds here for me to close it out. So I'm going to cut you off here and do it. But you got to reach out to Tony. I'm going to have all his information up there, his phone number, his email, his uh, website. And I'm going to leave it scrolling. And it's in the description and everything if you want to reach out to him. Again, contact me if you need to buy or sell a home or if you want to move to Portugal. I'll sell your home here. He can help you find one there. Uh, You can call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Thanks for listening and watching. Thanks for being here, Tony. Frantic outro. But that's all right we love seeing it and i want some uh peaches sent my way some preserves or something uh and see everybody say bye tony bye derek Derek. a hug a virtual hug from portugal